hey, the music's different. What is going on? It is Side Piece Science. This is Enero. Uh, this is the segment that I always want to do. I always think about, and then I just don't get around to doing it. Um, but here we are. Side Piece Science, number two. Um, I'm always telling you about how communication is vital. And I highlighted, to some degree, uh, communication in episode 35. So go back and check that out if you didn't hear it. Um, but that wasn't enough. Because effective communication isn't very simple, actually. Um, and so, we're going to get into this. Side piece science 2. Effective communication. The four communication styles. Alright. So... If communication was a pyramid that you drew out on a dry erase board, at the very top would be effective communication. And then there'd be a line to the left and a line to the right going downward. And they'd connect to a box that had direct on one side and indirect on the other. Then there'd be two lines going out of each of those boxes. And they would lead to um, aggressive slash direct, assertive, passive, and passive aggressive. Those would be your four um, communication styles. And everybody kind of gravitates towards one and works with one and, and they go from there. Now, all of that would be on top of the rest of the pyramid, which would be labeled nonverbals. Um, the newer term is metacommunication, right? It's basically everything except the words that you said. Um, so you, you, you need all of those things to work well. You need to understand all of those things and utilize them well to be able to make strides at effective verbal communication. Um, those meta-communication meta things in, in and of themselves, it's just, there's, it's literally everything except the words you said. So uh, to name a few, age, race, gender, ego, uh, expectations, socioeconomic background, nationality, political affiliation, uh, your customs, uh, family customs, national customs, whatever, um, attachment styles, your health, physical and mental, uh, pitch, pacing, time, timing, rhythm, accents, uh, speech impediments, the time frame, is it, is it rushed or relaxed? Uh, the temperature in the building you're in or outside, body language. That's a lot. And that's not even all of the nonverbal things um, that make up metacommunication. And effective communication depends on really being good at all of those things, right? Controlling what you can control um, and, and really being purposeful and executing well and understanding all of those things. Now, metacommunications, since that's most of the actual communication, right, the words that you don't speak, um, that's part of the reason why texts and emails can, you know, be misinterpreted, right? You send a message thinking that you're saying one thing, but it's received and uh, understood in a different way than you intended it. To be good at it, you have to be aware of all of these factors that I've mentioned, control what you can control and mitigate the rest. So let's get into the four styles under direct. We have, like I said, uh, aggressive slash direct, 
and assertive. And under indirect, you've got the passive and the passive aggressive. So no one style is best. Uh, No single style is effective in all situations with all groups and all people. Um, You need them all. You need to understand them. You need to be able to flip between all of them. Ideally, you'd be well-versed enough in each that you could just transition through the four as needed on a case-by-case basis. But the reality is that you probably have a style, a style. You probably think that style is the best. And you expect everyone else to use that precise style. None of these things um, play out the way you think. Because in addition to all that, there's still all the metacommunication factors, right? Um, They play into this as well. So it gets complicated really quickly. We'll start off with the aggressive slash direct style. Uh, One of the best parts about this style is that uh, these folks are not shy. They get right to the point. They don't beat around the bush. Um, Direct, no nonsense, no fluff, no excess, just here's the facts. Um, And they'll defend whatever it is they value which they're going to have to defend a lot because that style is also a little aggressive, hence the name, and it puts people off. And so now they don't want to work with them, so they have to defend it. Um, Usually these people are loud, right? Boisterous, kind of a domineering, um, intimidating. So you can expect this to be easily misconstrued as them being rude or abusive or aggressive. Um, And they tend to be terrible listeners. They only are really listening so that they can hear the things that they need to address to advance their cause, right? It's a very targeted listening. Um, Their goal is to be heard and understood. And this really looks controlling and kind of like domination. Um, Expect them to interrupt you. Expect them to overtalk you. Uh, Attacks and humiliation are on the table uh, belittling comments, they really will talk and often think that they are superior to you and they don't mind letting you know. Um, back to what I said, often misconstrued as rude and abusive. Um, so they're kind of overbearing, kind of intimidating. Um, this style creates an environment wherein the person has no other option than to be more aggressive because their behavior is going to alienate the the audience, whether it's one person or a group. Um, And so the only way to get their point across is going to be to to be more forceful and be more staunch. Um, And even when they're right, nobody really wants to listen to them. Nobody really wants to work with them. Um, There's a resentment that develops between both parties going back and forth between them both. And so with that as the backdrop, they have no choice but to increase in their aggressiveness to defend their their true points, right? Even if that point was non-confrontational in nature, they're still going to have to fight to defend it. So it's the baseline is aggressive slash direct. They're the no-nonsense people, just the facts, ma'am. And then they generally are loud. They generally are abrasive and so this puts them in at a disadvantage in my opinion because they always have a wall up against them right the preset would be to not communicate with them to not 
work with them. Uh, next up, assertive style. Now, the assertive style is the aggressive style in a cooperative, kind of considerate, friendly way, right? Um, don't want to say that the aggressive style is not good because there are definitely times that you need to be aggressive um, and nothing else will do. But the aggressive style lacks a certain tact and it doesn't present or project a cooperative, collaborative atmosphere. Whereas the assertive style, that person is still confident. They're still going to stand up for their rights. They're still going to do a lot of the things that the aggressive person was going to do. But they're considerate of others. They take in that other person's uh, opinions, what they want out of the, the conversation, <clears throat> and they make it a more collaborative affair. Um, they're clear. They're concise, but they can stretch it out and be long uh, and kind of flowery if they want, if they need to, if it suits the situation. Um, so where they're clear and firm, the aggressive direct style would be uh, more overbearing and stern. Uh, so, the whole vibe is a lot friendlier. They sound, they, they, you know, they sound really chill. They're, they're not overbearing you. They're just standing strong in their position. Um, their preset is not my way or the highway. Their preset is, Hey, let's just work this out. Maybe everybody can win, but if somebody has to lose, they don't want it to be them. That's not in their plan. Um, they listen. Well, this is a, this is a great this is a superpower because the more you hear, the more you get to work with, right? In your arguments, in your understanding of what the other person's saying, um, the more you hear, the better off it will be. It's a great trait. We all need more of it. <clears throat> They're confident in themselves, so they can wait for you to finish. They don't have to cut you off. They don't have to do any of that stuff, right? This is a, uh, it's easy for them to be in this conversation with you. They're going to make every effort. Actually, they don't even have to make an effort. There's going to be good energy, lots of eye contact. When you're dealing with an aggressive person, the eye contact might be a glare or a stare down. Um, this, it's, it's all calm, uh, confident, relaxed. The conversation feels collaborative. Um, there's a connection between all parties. Uh, the Stoics, I think the Stoics would really like this style the most because um, this is one of those where I control it. Everything is going to be good. I do it the way that I can, and that's all I can do. I feel like the Stoics would be down with this. If I had to pick a best style or my favorite style, this is the one for me. Um, over on the indirect side now, we've got passive. Um, the passive style of communication, uh, you can call this style the, I'll just keep battling, uh, bottling this shit up inside of me. And uh, until I explode on your ass and then I'll chill out again and I'll feel bad about having exploded and I'll climb back up again and continue to bottle stuff up inside of me style. Um, the passive speaker is not going to stand up for themselves at all. They're not going to suggest anything at all uh, for multiple reasons. Fear of being shot down, fear of alienating, all of that stuff, right? They'd rather just not say anything. Uh, they'll add their two cents when asked, but that's about it. Um, if you asked a passive style communicator, Hey, you know, what do you feel like eating for dinner? 
they're likely to respond something along the lines of, oh, uh, yes, I'd like to eat. Um, that conveys some information, I suppose, that they're hungry, but nothing <coughs> nothing you can actually uh, do anything with and act on. Everything is indirect, and thus uh, it requires a conversation to extend a lot uh, for you to get any data. You can find out a lot, but for them, they think it's more polite and more proper if I don't impose my will and just answer you. So this is kind of a dance that has to occur to gently pull that information out. Um, and this person's probably really anxious and apprehensive and uh, about conversations in specific and just life in general, you know, um, they feel like they have no power, no control because they're not really exerting their self. Uh, they're not putting themselves out there. I guess the thought that if you exerted yourself, you open yourself up to uh, negativity. Um, so this state makes them avoid eye contact. Uh, they come across as mild and un, unsure, which doesn't really engender a lot of trust, right? Like they're like, eh, can I work with this guy or not? Was what the people are thinking. Um, they suffer the consequences for not exerting themselves, for not wielding their power at all. Um, they give it the power over, and then, of course, they are going to feel weak um, and ineffectual because of it. Passive-aggressive folks, that style, um, they're just like the passive folks, but with a little bit of salt in their game, right? They're a little bit more spicy. Um, their aggression is going to be subtle. They're pissed or at least irritated a lot, but they're never going to come right out and say that. They're never going to talk about the issue. Um, you can cue the little snide remarks that they never flesh out and the sarcasm and the fake smiles. Um, you experience a lot of attitude with these people in the, in the meta communication space, uh, but they're not saying anything verbally. Uh, and unlike the aggressive style where you know precisely what they expect and what they want, um, these people are wearing a mask and you may never know at all. Um, for my money, for conversation, I'd rather be talking to an assertive person, somebody that's in the assertive style, excuse me, or that uses the passive style. Now, I'm sure you say, okay, the assertive one I get, why the passive one? So just like the assertive style, the passive style will give you lots of information. Pretty much almost anything. The trick is you have to ask, you have to engage them in a way that encourages them to do so. Once they know it's okay to speak, they're going to tell you everything. Um, they won't just offer it up, though. That's not going to happen. But if you're willing and skilled, you can put on the little like interviewer hat and get a good conversation going and find out everything that you need to know. This is time-consuming, though, right? So it, it yields benefits, but it's time-consuming. And if time is constrained, if that's something that you don't want to deal with um, and you don't want there to be any confusion, then you want to talk to somebody that uses the direct style. Uh, it's golden for this, right? Just the facts. I need you to do A, B, and C in this order in the next five minutes. It's perfect. In the hospital, when we're doing codes, we basically are using uh, that style. And we do it one up by adding a little echoing statement uh, to whatever the order was to make sure that the order is confirmed and understood appropriately. It's genius. Now, 
even the passive aggressive style has some worth and it, it applies in some instances. Um, and of all places, the military. So, uh, I was in the military and the thought is that it's a do what you're told and don't ask any questions, but it's definitely the hierarchy is definitely do as you're told, right? From the top of the, of the food chain all the way down to the lowest, right? But you can speak your peace if you do it the right way. And the right way, by and large, is a passive-aggressive way. So I'll give you an example. Uh, we had to pack up two Humvees for uh, this mobility exercise and uh, had them all com- completely packed out. All the equipment, everything, camo netting, you name it, what we had, it was in there. So this master sergeant walks by drinking his coffee and smoking a cigarette. Tells me that we need to unpack them and repack them so that the camo netting and the poles were at the back. So that'd be the first thing we took off when we unpacked. Needless to say, I did not want to do this. So I said, okay, unpack these two Hummers and then repack them with the exact same equipment. Uh, he kind of looked, I could see him staring at the Humvees, realizing that they were completely packed. Um, he's sipping his coffee and I could see in his eyes and his body language that he realized that what he was suggesting was not the best course of action. Um, sadly, I could also see in his eyes that we were going to fall victim to his ego because he wasn't going to back down now. Uh, but I have to say, instead of packing and unpacking two Hummers, we only did it to one. So we, we, we saved it. We saved ourselves half the trouble by me giving him my little passive aggressive uh, remark. Uh, the nonverbals, man, the meta communication, this literally is everything except the words you say. Um, it's so layered. Uh, I can't even cover it all. Like there are degrees in communication and linguistics that probably don't go into all of the things that this could be. And I, they're always studying that. So I'll just tell you a few things. Uh, big ones that I want to touch on for no real reason other than I just want to pick three and show some of the reasons that they impact the, the actual effect of communications. Um, Tonality, it encompasses volume and emphasis. And some spoke, some folks speak loudly um, and, and they're not mad. They don't have any, there's no aggression. There's, they're not even particularly excited. Some people are just loud. Um, I'm kind of loud, especially though when I get excited, I get louder, right? The more excited I am, the louder I will become. Um, on occasion, I've run into a person that finds uh, this, uh, the increased volume, like they take, they interpret it as hostility. Um, I don't know why. Um, I don't know their life. Maybe when, maybe they only heard loud voices when people were pissed off as a, as a child. At any point, at any rate, most of the times when this happens, I say a few words to try and attempt to, you know, de-escalate. Like, hey, no, I'm not mad, you know, like, I'm just loud. From the islands. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I don't really work too hard at it. It's not my responsibility. Um, once I address it, I feel like I'm in the clear, even though that's not necessarily the case. Whichever side you're on 
when it comes to loud talking, you may find yourself um, being misunderstood. Don't take it personal, right? If they don't like you talking loud, it's not an attack on you. And if you're noticing that they're intimidated by you talking loud, again, it's not a personal attack. It's just something, this is metacommunication stuff. It's not about you. Uh, Don't let it stop the communication. Next up, gender. Um, There's a lot of things that go into gender uh, that impact our communication. Uh, One thing that I'll talk to, uh, it's quite a flashpoint right now, right? Like gender equality and all that stuff. Um, They had two actors reading a script. And in the script, one person would talk like over talk the person interrupt them consistently throughout the whole recording and the speakers were one man one woman they both read the script um as the dominant one as the interrupter uh and so the overbearing interrupting role was played by both and the listeners listened to both versions where the man was interrupting and where the woman was interrupting. When they rated the rudeness, the female was always rated ruder than the male. And most of the time, the male interrupter was not even rated as rude. They generally just viewed him as more uh, enthusiastic. Uh, So is it a double standard? Yes. Does it impact communication? Yes. And that's just where we are. Additionally, like you can go into a lot of other things. The female voice will have a a different tonality, um, different pace, timber. There's societal values that get thrown on them. All the above, it just gets real messy. Um, But that's a part of metacommunication. That's something that you have to consider. And again, I've talked about two. I'm about to talk about race, but there are so many more. Um, And race, you know, it it can be positive, it can be negative. I'm not saying that their response to race can be anything, um, good, bad, and indifferent. I'll give you an example. I'm coming out of the checkout line, got some groceries. The lady in front of me, her wallet drops out of her purse. Um, So I pick it up and I say, ma'am, you dropped us you know, holding it to her so she can just take it. And she turned around terrified and kind of like frozen. So, okay. Um, I don't know what that's all about. So I smile in an attempt to indicate that, Hey, look, I'm cool, man. I'm just giving you your wallet, wishing you well. Um, none of this is working and it's very awkward. Like I'm holding out her wallet. She's not taking it back. I ended it by just dropping the wallet into one of her grocery bags and walking off. I mean, my body language, the environment that we were in, it's broad daylight. There's tons of onlookers. None of that was comforting to her because my race kind of did something to her in the met, in the meta communication phase. Um, and I presume that it was because of my race. I really don't know. I, I've never had anybody act that way seeing me. I'm not particularly intimidating, but you know, her meta communication, the things that were going on didn't have anything to do with the situation at hand. Um, so I mentioned these just to illustrate that the words you hear carry 
very little of the total weight of the message in comparison to the nonverbals. Um, you got to unpack your hangups to improve your communication. Uh, I'm making a plea that you seek out therapy or counseling once again, if it's applicable, right? Go get it if you need it. But also, <coughs> go get a good dictionary and a thesaurus. And these days you can put an app on your phone and like, you know, build your vocabulary, read. <laughs> and when you're not reading, read the room that you're in. Know the audience. For God's sake, stop being lazy when you're speaking with people. No, ma'am, I don't know what you're thinking. I'm not a mind reader. In relationships, we often don't put in the effort that we need to express ourselves well and, you know, with purposeful nonverbals, that meta communication as well. We expect our partners to just know our thoughts via, I guess, osmosis or telepathy. Um, that's not real, y'all. That's, that's just not real. Uh, just because we've been together forever doesn't mean that I can read your mind. I cannot read your mind, um, at least not yet. In a relationship, I guarantee you there will come times when you need to say some things that are difficult to hear. Um, and emotional literacy really helps with this. Um, in these instances, when the emotions are potentially going to get high, it's really good if you can control yours because emotions impact the message that you receive. If you do not have a certain degree of mastery over your emotions, you can make mountains out of molehills and you can totally like remember hearing things that were never said. Um, perhaps the largest communication problem for couples is not talking at all. The silent treatment. Um, whether you're suffering in silence or biting your tongue, this style is troubling because all of the meta communication is still being broadcast loud and clear. So you might not be saying anything, but you're still saying things. Um, anyway, I just wanted to touch on some of these things to let you guys get a sense of just how tricky, complicated, complex communication can be. Not can be, is. So you can't be lazy when you do it. You got to really, you know, be purposeful. Learn them as much as you can about the person that you're with so that you understand their style. Um, I hope that this uh, gave you a little, little, little inspiration to go find out more about communication and work more on your communication. Uh, a single podcast episode is not going to make you perfect at this. You're not going to perfect your style and know how to interplay your style with all the other styles. But I think that you are now armed with some great information that will help you with your conversations, right? Uh, so hopefully you learned a lot and you can go out and improve. So go get them. Um, this is SciP Science. I'm Enero, uh, the host of this and SciP season. Um, if you want to drop me a line, feel free to do so. I am on Instagram at sidepiece underscore season. Soon to be on a lot of other places too, but uh, that's the main one for now. You guys have a great day. Have a great week and a great weekend, and I'll see you back here in a week. All right. Peace out. <laughs>